I'm Lee Schneider, and this is the Future of Food. In the early days of the pandemic, I looked up and down the street in my little town and saw a lot of boarded-up storefronts. Now, seven months later, some of our neighborhood restaurants are thriving. Others are gone. In this series of podcasts for Season 3, we're going to look at how restaurants can make it in these strange times. My name is Sean Lynch, and I'm the co-founder of Dining at a Distance. My interview today is with Sean Lynch, who joined forces with a friend in Chicago to help the struggling restaurant business. When the lockdown started, supermarket shelves were bare and restaurants were shut. Then, one by one, as the weeks of lockdown rolled out, owners, executive chefs, and chef owners started looking for daylight. Chefs started to sell some of their food supplies over the restaurant bar, direct to home cooks like me. In New York, chefs cooking from home left food for pickup on the steps of their brownstones. In California, after you called in your order or used an app, you went in a side entrance, masked and gloved, to pick up dinner. You gawked at the inside of a restaurant you knew well, but now, with the chairs and tables cleared away and tape on the floor indicating where you should stand to wait. You got the nod from the chef, an awkward moment with a debit card or checking your name off a list, then a gloved handoff. You grabbed the warm bag and you hurried out, trying to project gratitude with your eyes. Finding which restaurants had their side doors open or any door was a challenge until a platform called Dining at a Distance. The partners in Dining at a Distance, Sean Lynch and Jen Galdez, wanted to combine their experience Jen's was in the Chicago hospitality industry and Sean's in product, strategy, and experience design. They wanted to create a hub online to keep people fed during the pandemic and support local businesses. It started in Chicago and took off fast. When I scroll down the site today, I see more than 2,000 Chicago restaurants listed on it, and that's just Chicago. Dining at a distance soon spread nationwide. Restaurant after restaurant signed on. And today it lists restaurants all over the world that are ready to feed you during the pandemic. Here's my conversation with Sean Lynch of Dining at a Distance. Thanks so much for joining me today on the podcast. Happy to chat. I'm excited to to talk about Dining at a Distance and the industry as a whole. So you and your partner in this, Jen Galdez, connected on social media, is that right, on Twitter? In mid-March, when Governor Pritzker in Illinois indicated her to restaurants that they were closed for dine-in service and only available for takeout and delivery. My wife and I were just exploring the, the chatter and the noise and what was going on as a result of that. And we were also interested in seeing who was actually open for takeout and delivery, because as we all know, not every restaurant was um, or had been in the past. So I went to Twitter and I saw a thread from a local reporter where there, where there were about 200 responses to it indicating who's opened and who's closed. And it was interesting. There was a lot of information. Um, but my background's in 
product um, strategy and experience design. And I recognized that this wasn't necessarily a really great experience for people to get this information and they needed a consolidated hub or source for it. So I created the website Dining at a Distance, started sharing it out. And then the reporter from the Twitter thread connected me with Jen, who was working on something similar. And then Monday morning at 9 a.m., uh, we had a call um, joined forces and the rest is history. And we've been working together on this for about two months now. That's really amazing. It's one of those only could happen now kind of stories. Exactly. Could you just describe what dining at a distance is and how it works? Yeah. So dining at a distance is a grassroots led online platform that strives to keep people fed during COVID-19 while supporting local businesses by aggregating restaurants that are serving food for takeout or delivery into a centralized place. And it works by members of the community submitting information about restaurants that are open uh, for takeout and delivery within uh, their local their local networks and their local communities and cities. And uh, there's also a volunteer who is curating the content for their city as well to get as much information as possible. So it's a full grassroots driven effort. Last I checked, I went on the site yesterday, you listed something like 70 U.S. cities on the platform and four cities in Europe. Why do you think it's moved so fast? Yeah, I think it's the the response from uncertainty and people wanting to mobilize to help their communities. I think we've seen for years, um, or for <laughs> hundreds of years, that restaurants and centralized gathering points become the heart of our communities that people um, come to love because it's where they can connect with others. They can have a night out or experience something new. And when restaurants and that core of our community are in a moment of crisis, people want to mobilize to support it, no matter where you are in the world. It's something that we all share and have in common. So to have a centralized source of information for something that means so much to people, both from a gathering perspective, but also supporting restaurant workers perspective. Uh, it just, it was relatable to everybody. And we're thinking that's why it took off. And how did it expand so quickly out of Chicago? It went from local to non-local really fast. Yeah, it's within, a, within about a week, if I remember correctly, we were in 20 plus cities. Within two days, we were in five. Um, we started with people that we knew. So I uh, tapped uh, my network in Washington, D.C., in Boston, in San Francisco to get started. Um, people who saw the site in Chicago and were just interested in helping out. We then expanded it through, uh, through some of the local and national press attention we were getting, where we received requests from, I think it was 300 cities of people who were interested in learning more about the platform. And then essentially had to spin up processes within a few days on how to intake new requests and vet people and really ensure that the platform was a good fit in cities and wasn't going to compete per se with resources that already existed in communities. This has never been done before exactly in this way. How are you making sure you've got as many restaurants and cities as you can represented on the platform? Yeah. So the with regard to the first piece for how many restaurants is possible... It's it's working with the communities to get the the platform out and through different networks and channels that are visible to everybody. So we've been working with local press in each city to share information about the platform. We've been working with conventions and visitors bureaus who are dedicated to keeping their communities supported, um, who've been sharing it out through their networks and then also through the social media route uh, as well. 
it's been a really interesting process in some cities to ensure that we have representation across um, the vast array of cuisines, but also communities that exist within cities. So in Chicago, for example, because of the large restaurant scene here too, um, we wanted to ensure that we had representation from all sides of the city. When the platform first launched, we had a really strong presence of restaurants in the neighborhoods in Chicago, on the north side surrounding the lake, and the south side was underrepresented. Uh, so we worked with a local volunteer who was based in the south side to build out um, the platform of restaurants in the south side to support those local businesses as well. But it was all grassroots and volunteer-driven to ensure that there was equal representation everywhere. That's a really smart way to do it. Did people call you up and say, hey, what about us? What about me? Yeah, we, we saw that from cities and from restaurants. So on the city's front, um, we were receiving requests requests daily, multiple requests daily, for people who wanted to bring this to their city at the city level. And then we also saw restaurants in existing cities and restaurants in new cities who wanted um, to have their restaurant listed uh, to be part of this part of this resource. Um, and that was from a local restaurant, um, a mom and pop shop, all the way up to some of the uh, nation and world's largest restaurant chains who wanted to get all of their, all of their um, restaurants published online. You have this story you'd like to tell about how the site was received in South America? Yeah. One of my colleagues who's from Lima, Peru, said that there was interest in bringing dining at a distance to Peru. Uh, the reason being is in Peru, everybody was using WhatsApp to exchange information, and they lacked this consolidated source of content on what um, restaurants were opened and closed. Except in Peru, the model was completely different. It wasn't just restaurants. It was local markets, local shops, local providers, and WhatsApp was getting unwieldy. So we worked with her and her friends in Peru to essentially spin up dining at a distance in Lima. And we had, within the first 48 hours, over 10,000 visitors from the platform. And submissions were pouring in of those who were interested in just having a consolidated hub for Lima and its surrounding areas. I think it just spoke to the need to bring information together in a consolidated source for restaurants and for cities, rather than having it aggregated across all of these other channels. So here's the thing. What was already working in Lima turned out to be workable in Chicago. When restaurants buy supplies, they get a lot. Eggs, for example, they don't get just a dozen. They get them by the crate, five flats of 20 eggs each, 100 eggs. You buy salmon by the side, maybe six sides in an order, and dinner rolls by the case. A supplier won't sell you less, and you don't want to cut off your supply. So you keep ordering, even though you may only be wishing for customers. That's why some restaurants opened local pantries. Chefs could sell some of those supplies to home cooks. We're seeing that all over Chicago right now. It almost reminds me a little bit of some of what you've seen in Europe um, and South America for years. I think it'll be super interesting to see what what sticks and what doesn't when we come out of this and what values we hold near and dear compared to what we thought we cared about pre-COVID. So before the pandemic, you had one of two eating experiences, dine-in or dine-out. Well, maybe three. Let's include drive through Now all of that is becoming a blur like so many things in these times. Families are treating the drive through 
like a grocery store, Popeyes started offering family bundles, bigger meals for families. Fast food behemoths haven't suffered during the pandemic. Their revenues are up. Fancy restaurants, well, they're looking at what it means to go down market, making meals that transport well in a bag, serving their prefix menu in a parking lot outside the restaurant. A class system in place in the business for so many years is bending and might break. I brought this up with Sean. Kind of in a strange way, this is a a level the playing field kind of moment. So many restaurants are going into an online environment to facilitate pickup and delivery. Have you found that this is democratizing the restaurant scene? And have you found a sense of cooperation or competition among the restaurants? It's interesting you say that. I think it's there's there's multiple truths to that answer. Um, there are some smaller restaurants that were had a niche in takeout and delivery that were doing really well that are now facing competition from big players and major players um, in fine dining establishments that they never had faced before, um, which to them is a competitive threat. But th- from a from a customer perspective, it opens up your opportunities on what you're able to enjoy from your from your home. For these major restaurants, they're able to also provide access to their to their um, food in ways that they weren't able to before. And on the fine dining scene, um, it's really interesting to see some of these uh, establishments that have created menus and packages that actually make their food and their their offerings accessible to everybody. From the restaurant goer standpoint, this is great. Yeah, a lot of higher end restaurants have had to rethink their menus because that food is not going to arrive very well in a bag or a box delivered by someone driving up. Have they shared their difficulties with you? Not exactly. No, it's, it's, we haven't had a need to. I think there's some interesting hypotheses when you think about where the focus was for these restaurants pre-COVID and now. Like pre-COVID, you were focused on creating the best possible experience with at the table and really creating something that differentiated yourself beyond the food, looking at service, looking at presentation, uh, looking at atmosphere and environment. And now we've had to pivot our focus to how can we package this up to ensure it lasts when it is getting delivered or getting picked up? How can we create a platform and a digital experience that is easy for people to utilize? Because in the past, digital didn't play a role in restaurants beyond their website. So how can we engage with customers in ways that we didn't have to before? So it's it's making people think about things in a I think in a different light than they had to in the past, um, and doing it at a much faster pace. Where the industry is changing more in the past two months than it has in the past ten years. I think this whole crisis is getting people to think more about how hard restaurant people work, yeah, and how thin the margins are, yeah, in supply chain and sourcing. You know, we would just go in as restaurant diners and sit down and eat, order the food, and leave. Now we can see a lot more going on. Is there a bright side that's come out of this, or is that understanding the bright side? I think the understanding and the visibility that we all have into the hospitality industry beyond what arrives at our table has been really enlightening for everybody, as you're saying. Uh, Personally, I've learned more about the supply chain and the processes and operations of restaurants as somebody who doesn't work in the industry um, over the past two months than I had ever thought I would know. Um, We're seeing more visibility and transparency being given to um, the community as they learn more about how delivery partners and platforms work and interact with restaurants. Um, And 
I, I personally have a deeper appreciation for the effort that goes into getting food on my table uh, at a restaurant that I than I had before. And it's uh, I applaud the restaurant workers and those in the industry that are working tirelessly to keep the, the industry going. It's it's really, really impressive. I know it must be a lot of effort to keep the site updated. How can our listeners support you? Continuing to help us uh, to keep the site up to date through the latest restaurant listings um, and their status would be the best thing at the moment. Just ensuring that the platform remains up to date with the latest information to remain a resource for the, for communities. So to do that, do you want people to contact you on the site? Yeah. So to uh, submit a new restaurant listing, to update a restaurant list- listing, find your city on diningatadistance.com submit the information for the restaurant on the form that's provided for each city, and then we'll make the updates accordingly. Thanks so much for doing this and doing what you're doing. And thanks for doing this interview. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Get show notes and more at futurex.fm and our website, futurefood.fm. Future of Food is part of the FutureX Network. I'm Lee Schneider.